Hello, I'm Rachel King, Associate Editor for Central Banking, and this is CB on Air. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, central banks responded with cuts to interest rates and the introduction of asset purchase programmes. Many accompanied this action with forward guidance, a policy tool which provides members of the public and markets with information about the likely path of future monetary policy. But how effective and indeed useful is forward guidance? I'm lucky enough today to have Richard Barwell, Head of Macro Research at BMW Paribas Asset Management, to judge whether central banks are using this tool effectively and whether there are aspects of current forward guidance frameworks which can be improved. So Richard, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, nice to speak to you. So to begin with, I thought perhaps we could um, clear something up, which is, is forward guidance merely a way for central banks to tell people what they're thinking, or is it actually a form of intervention? So I mean, the, the place I would usually start uh, is if you if you think about just kind of simple economics, forward guidance really should be pointless. It should be entirely redundant. If you start from a place where we, the outside world, investors or companies, households, we have access to the same information the central bank does. We can see inflation, they can see inflation. And we know how the central bank responds to those data. Then they should be just telling us things we already know. Uh, I mean, so much for the theory. In, in practice, though, of course, we can see that the messages they deliver do often move markets. Uh, and as you were saying, they, they increasingly refer to guidance as a, as a tool. So that that sounds like an intervention. And if and sometimes you worry, it sounds a little bit like a kind of selective disclosure of information uh, to move markets, which I don't think is is ideal. But I guess what I would say is it's an intervention, but the message is often, I would argue, incomplete, and it's it's quite focused on outcomes. So they, they tell us what they're thinking about maybe doing or what might happen, but there's not enough information on the why. And that, I would say, means so that some of what they're thinking about, but in answer to your question, it, it, it's an intervention, but therefore maybe nowhere near as effective as it as it might be. So then in its current form, is, is it right to maybe argue that forward guidance is not credible in its, in its current, current framework? I, I mean, I think that, that there is a long-standing problem around credibility, which is essentially to say, if you tell me you're going to behave differently in the future to the way that you behaved in the, in the past and even recent past, it's legitimate for me to ask when the future comes, Will you stick to your promises? Why would your words today really change how I think about how you'll act in the future? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go with what you've what you've done. And actually, the the way guidance has been currently done, there's an additional problem now in that we're getting used to this idea that there are going to be frequent strategy reviews at central banks, and this over on top of the fact that the the personalities change. You go from a, a Mario Draghi to a Christine Lagarde. You're having constant turnover mm -hmm. at the top of these institutions. And that makes the promises that any one individual makes on these committees even more questionable because they might not be there to honour that commitment. They're speaking on behalf of someone else. And between now and then, there could be one or several of these strategy reviews where the whole premise, the whole framework is up for debate. And that just raises a, a kind of a bigger question mark about guidance. There are things they can do to try and address these problems. You can try and build the guidance into the institutions to change the process, change the framework. And that gives you a kind of soft commitment, an idea that 
words today will matter tomorrow. So an example of that would be you know, things like a, a price level par target, which might be harder to drop. There's more of a reputational hit in, in dropping them. Mm -hmm. But you're right, there, there's always and always will be this kind of credibility problem with promises today on behalf of someone else tomorrow. OK, so so if we look at that slightly, obviously one of the key things around forward guidance is that it gives the illusion perhaps that central banks can use this tool um, to control longer term interest rates. But with some of the problems that you've mentioned, would you disagree with that statement that, that central banks can't control longer term interest rates with forward guidance? Well, I would certainly say control is a bit strong. Uh, I, I, I think Although it can, although central bankers may may have inadvertently given that impression, I think it, you know when pressed, they would accept there are, there are larger forces there driving around, driving uh, long term interest rates up or down, and really they can only commit to do the right thing. So there there's a limit to what can be done, but they certainly can influence longer term rates, uh, and actually forward guidance is probably the, the best way to do that. Longer term rates, and actually if you think. Like, broader financial conditions so you know equity equity prices currencies the, the full gamut of, of, of the full constellation of asset prices they're, they're going to reflect beliefs about what central banks will do in the future to achieve their objectives and it, then the long-term bond yield is not driven by what the current interest rate on central bank reserves is it, it's based on an expectation of what will happen tomorrow and guidance is the way that you influence those beliefs. And so central banks should want to do this because it, those broad financial conditions influence the economy. It's not the short rate. So if you, if you want to achieve your price stability mandate, you, you care about financial conditions. And that, for example, is, is clearly apparent in exactly what the ECB doing, uh, is doing right now. And, mm -hmm. if you, and I think the other point I would add on this is if you aren't willing to do that, if you aren't willing to provide really clear guidance on what you will do in the future, then like it or not, you're effectively delegating control of the monetary stance to the market. Mm -hmm. The market ends up taking a guess, taking a position on what you will do in the future, and that'll be reflected in long-term bond yields, and that'll be reflected in equity prices and currencies, and it'll be reflected in, in mortgage rates as well to an extent. So it's a question of, are you willing to jump into that discussion and provide guidance? I guess the caveat to this that I come back to is guidance that's just not credible, going back to our, the previous point. Guidance that you know, you'll keep interest rates at the floor irrespective of what happens to inflation or guidance that you'll raise rates aggressively irrespective of what happens to inflation. The market wouldn't listen to that, wouldn't pay attention to that. But you can help anchor long-term rates. You can help anchor financial conditions around your best guess as a central banker of where the economy is going and how you'll respond. So it definitely allows you to influence. Control, no, but influence, yes. And that's a good thing in my book. Now, as we enter into the recovery phase, obviously markets and members of the public are going to be watching central banks' communications like a hawk, I guess, to see if there's any indication on what the future of monetary policy will look like. Now, you've touched on a couple of things already about changes that could help to make central banks' um, forward guidance frameworks more effective. So you, you've talked about building guidance into institution frameworks and um, to hold them to account, I guess. But from, from your understanding of the, of the situation now and as we look to the future, what changes do you think would really help to make forward guidance more effective? So in a, in a catchphrase, I would say you need to make forward guidance complete. 
and, and for that, what that for, for me, what that means is it's essentially full disclosure on the policy debate. And, and that is, if you're sitting in, in, inside a central bank, if you're on a policy committee, for me, it's releasing all the information that you think is relevant to your decision. It's releasing, it's releasing information on your view of, of where policy will likely go and, and the risk around that, how your plan will evolve relative to events. It's putting all that information out there. That, that's, I think, the most effective way to provide forward guidance. And I think it has a, there's, there's a couple of obvious benefits here. It's going to help eliminate uncertainty about what you're trying to do or how you think about the economy. It's going to hopefully remove kind of misperceptions and conspiracy theories about what you're trying to do. It's just going to eliminate uncertainty that doesn't need to be there. You can't provide perfect certainty about the path of rates because you don't know where the economy is going. And you actually, you're, you're thinking about how should you respond to the economy will also evolve. So you can't make promises, but you can remove uncertainty. And the second benefit is it actually improves the quality of the internal debate. I think realistically, we all know that if you if you have to publish the information you're looking at internally, you're going to have to publish, provide full disclosure on the strategy debate and show the world, then there's going to be that added incentive to maybe work a little harder, think a little longer, examine issues more, more, more comprehensively because you know the world will see. So I think it's going to, it would, in, if you go to complete forward guidance, it's going to encourage central banks to invest more time, more energy into ultimately, I think, what counts. Obviously, it matters understanding the latest tick in the PMI or retail sales or inflation. But I, I think the big gains are from thinking about the longer term strategy questions. And maybe if it would help, I could just give you a couple of examples of what the difference is between what I'm proposing and, and where we are. So you could think about, for example, in the ECB strategy review that's just published, they talk about that you know, their, their current approach may also imply a transitory period in which inflation is moderately above the target. While those are interesting words and they give us a sense that the ECB might be willing to overshoot the target, but we don't really know uh, if that's a central part of the plan or what the considerations are, You know, at what point the overshoot would be too much and mm -hmm. how interest rates will respond in that phase. Similarly, the, the FOMC publishes dot plots, but they end in 2023 at the moment, and we can see a longer-term dot plot, longer term dot that's way above the rates at 23. How fast will rates normalize beyond that point? Mm -hmm. This is all super important information, but at the moment, the market is left to figure out itself. And I think it will benefit policymakers by being much clearer. What are you trying to achieve? What's your plan? How does the plan evolve depending on events? How do you understand the economy? And you get all that information out and you eliminate uncertainty as far as you can and you probably improve the quality of the internal debate too. I guess one of the benefits of a crisis is that the argument around forward guidance often becomes heightened. So we'll have to see over the next sort of year, year and a half um, as we enter the recovery phase and as you've mentioned, as other central banks embark on their, their reviews of their policy frameworks, whether central banks tweak their forward guidance or if they continue to stay the course. But um, no, our discussion has been very insightful. Thank you for joining me today, Richard. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it.